You're listening to the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class, the Man of Class podcast, and is the exceptional life strategist for those men who know there's a lot more to life than just that daily grind. We've got a special episode for you today as we take our leadership journey into the sports arena. We've got my friend Paul, who has started out, he had some health issues early on in life, and he'll talk about how he overcame those and how he created PG Sports and has since been working with some of the top athletes in all the different arenas. So stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back for another episode on the Man of Class podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest, falls right in line with the leadership series that, that we're doing, Paul Garino. He's a founder of PG Sports. And for those of you that may not have known, PG Sports actually started out as a Twitter page and has evolved into a uh, sports brand. This sports brand has evolved far enough that uh, folks even within our own Cincinnati Reds, second baseman Brandon Phillips, wearing uh, PG Sports, linebacker Rob Jackson, and um, even some NBA players like Brooke Lopez uh, wearing this. So welcome, Paul. Thanks for, for coming on the show and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We, uh, we got connected actually through Twitter, um, mm-hmm. through D-Rock, who... He's, he, I always love his Twitter posts, but, um, but he actually connected us and I'm, I'm really glad that he, he did because I think you got a very powerful story, uh, a story that is, that needs to be kind of shared and, and really a lot of lessons in leadership that, that people can kind of pull and, and learn and kind of adapt into their own life. And so, uh, let's just jump right into it. Do you want to give any highlights before we dive any deeper into some of your background story, just to give the audience of like kind of your life story? Yeah, I could just give you like a little brief. Uh, well, yeah, one, Twitter is, Twitter is definitely my favorite social media. It's funny. And I, I tweeted out after like everyone, like a lot of people replied uh, to get me on their podcast from D-Rock. I was like, D-Rock's like my PR guy now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I started uh, PG Sports 2011 um, just as a Twitter page, as you mentioned, and uh, brought it all the way to like a sports marketing brand, which we're going to dive into. And um, yeah, I mean, I started when I was 19 and I was, uh, I was, uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year, I was in the summer and I was just bored and I just created a Twitter page. Nice. Now, and, and I love the, the logo, um, the logo, you had gotten it redesigned in, in 2012, but I think I love the, the slogan even better everywhere and anywhere. How did, how did that come to be? Yeah. Once again, appreciate it. Um, yeah, everywhere and anywhere. I just thought about because I wanted I wanted people to wear the clothing everywhere and anywhere, and then also people people were taking pictures everywhere and anywhere. So I was just like, this is crazy. Like even like when people were in you know Florida or California or something, and I even at one point I was tracking like how many states I was in just because I wanted like a picture in each state. And mm-hmm. I, I probably I, I definitely have it now, but I don't have the like probably the each picture. But, uh, and it was cool because then people started doing it at like stadiums. They would go to attend games and like they'd be wearing the hat and they put the hat over the stadium and then I get pictures like that. So it was dope. 
Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's, and it's funny because athletic, I'll say just athletic wear in general, uh, once was only lived in the gyms and now all of a sudden it's it, people wear it. Just like you had said, Paul, they, they wear it everywhere and anywhere. And you know, there's, I was looking at some of the the clothes that you have on there and, and the one that, um, I read an article that really was moving was actually the chip on my shoulder T. Now, for those that you don't, you know, those that don't know Paul's whole story at 10 years old, Paul was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. And so I think it was, you said it was like 16, I think was when you went into a wheelchair. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, I started, uh, yeah. So I found out when I was in the fifth grade, 10, and like, I kind of knew in the back of my head, like I'd be in a wheelchair one day. I just didn't know when it would happen. So yeah, mm-hmm. six, 16, I was like part-time in a wheelchair. And then, uh, like I'd say by like 18, 19, I was like full-time in a wheelchair and because I was, and because I was at college too. So it was like easier and just to get around. Yeah. But this, but this shirt that you, that you had, it was the chip on my shoulder and it had quotes on the back of the design of the stuff that companies used to say to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, oh, you yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got rejected by every single job I applied for after college. Um, like, like hundreds, literally hundreds. I went on probably like 40 plus interviews too. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I'm saying I got rejected and I applied to five jobs. And the only reason why I got a job was through a temp agency. Um, so yeah, it was just like, I took some stuff from emails that people said, like, I'm not qualified or I don't have enough experience or like one guy, I remember telling me that like internships don't count as experience, which that's the whole point of internships. Um, (laughs) I think that's the actual definition. Yeah. So that was, that was great. So like, yeah. And I, and I feel, and I think, I think one time when I was at the temp agency and they, some, I think the guy said, like, you got to get the chip off your shoulder. And I was just like, uh, no, like that's what like defines me. And, uh, mm-hmm. so that, that was probably like a moment. Uh, I mean, I think I always had a chip on my shoulders cause I was always, uh, I mean, I think everyone's different, but I mean, I think I was different. Um, you know, cause I walk differently and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think I had a chip on my shoulder for probably like <laughs> most of my life. And, uh, especially after going to college and you think you're going to get that job and ended up not, I didn't get an opportunity anywhere. And, um, so yeah, I think that just built the fuel to my fire and creating that shirt. I, I mean, I love it. And I love that people know the description of it and, and how it came about. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because everyone's past, right? Everyone has their own basically bag of shit that they're dealing with, but it's interesting because it, there's a, there's a series of events or a series of decisions that everybody makes, right? Is this going to define me and keep me down? Or is this going to be something that fuels my fire and add to that chip on the shoulder? Um, adding to, again, the world thinking maybe they're going to keep you down uh, not allowing you to kind of get into that industry that you really wanted to get into, right? That job that you really wanted to get into. And then all of a sudden, right? Yeah, this is what I love is that all of a sudden you just said, well, screw it. I'm just going to create my own way, right? I'm going to create a Twitter page. And then all of a sudden it started to to grow. And now, you know, you're, you're looking to evolve PG sports into the next major sports brand, mm-hmm. which is a massive vision, right? But, but I have no doubt that your tenacity, um, and everything that you've overcome so far 
just going to get you there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, um, some, it's just like everything in my life. I feel like when, you know, some people are like, Oh, you could get stuff from this person or this or the help from that. And then you go to them and then like none really happens or whatever. And like, I always, I always pretty much figured it out on my, on my own. And that's how I just go about like everything, like even just from learning how to make clothing designs and learning about like, different kind of cottons for t-shirts and stuff like that. It was all this like self-taught stuff. Yeah. yeah and it's, I'd say it's, it's kind of a gift, right? This, we're living in this generation or this time in history where so you can go find all that stuff, right? You can go Google and you can go self-teach yourself a like, ton of stuff, right? Like you said, the different cottons for, for clothing brands, the different, you know, designs, different ways of, of doing things. And you have access to that. And so there's really nothing separating people from living that exceptional life versus just kind of sitting there and, and letting the world pass them by. Yeah. Like I always say like PG sports would be uh, nothing without social media and the internet and, you know, YouTube university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And, and it's funny how so many other brands say the same thing Yeah, because you know, it, it came from a time right in the eighties and nineties before the internet really, you know, in the thousands is usually when, when the internet is deemed of exploding. But before then it was just big brands it was the brands that you saw everywhere, right? That had millions of dollars in marketing campaigns that through Coca-Cola, you know, their, their picture and their slogan everywhere. And so you knew those big brands, but we're entering into a time now where a lot of the underdogs, right? Where when people told those brands or those companies or those people that they weren't going to amount into anything, now is the time for them to really break out and start to create for something for themselves instead of just falling into a shadow of some corporate world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and like, when you really think about it, like going back to before internet, which I mean, I mean, I was born in 90. So um, it's like even more impressive how the companies did stuff. And even like, I can't even imagine going to college and not having like a laptop and having to go to like the library to do research or like use their laptops. Cause it wasn't like essential like that now. Mm-hmm. Now, help help walk us through because you, you different people when they get diagnosed and they have to live like a life in a in a wheelchair. Sometimes it's early enough where they don't really remember what life was before. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about just sort of adapting to having a wheelchair and really adapting to what SMA meant into your life. Yeah, so I mean, like I always knew I had something even before the fifth grade, um, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think just living both lives, if that makes sense. Um, I think it, it, it would have been different if I was in a wheelchair, like my whole life versus, uh, being an able body person for like, you know, 16, 17 years of my life. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think just like adapting to change is definitely one of my strengths. Yeah. And, and I think that that change really, adaptability is a core pillar, mm-hmm. right? We, we see this every day of just different industries that are closing down, uh, different companies that were fortune 100 companies now filing for bankruptcy. So adaptability is, is definitely the key to the game. Uh, in what other areas of your life where maybe you, you, you flex that adaptability muscle 
that really started to set you apart. Yeah, man, I think even like now, even though it's like a terrible situation with the pandemic, but um, everybody has to adapt to change right now. And um, I think just just the innovative stuff that everyone's doing and actually using like the technology, I think it's opening up people's eyes to like the technology that we really do have. And it's like amazing. So uh, on, on a positive side, like I think it's going to make people's lives better just you know, even like, I remember like, you know, people saying about jobs that you, that couldn't be remote and now they're remote. Like, so like things can get done at home. And I saw articles about people being actually doing better work at home and being more proficient because they're not traveling like an hour or two hours. Uh, so like New York city or stuff. Cause it's like, I'm in the tri-state area. So, um, and even I saw an article on like Twitter and they, I don't think they're going back ever to like, I think they're just going to go back for like meetings and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I think that's pretty awesome just in general, like for every, like people like me that don't drive or anything. So I think that's like really cool because then it gives people um, new opportunities and you don't have to be living there. Right. Yeah. And I, and I heard somebody say one time around this whole topic where it almost levels the playing field. And in some ways of what you're talking about, whether people who may not be able to drive to get to a place or uh, somebody who needs to be in, I don't know, Georgia, but really wants to work at a company in New York City, it's, it's, it levels the playing field because it allows people to dial in from wherever and not necessarily like, well, if you were in the room, then you've made it. If you're not in the room, then you haven't made it. Um, and so I really like that concept of sort of lovely, just leveling the playing field, allowing people who may not have gotten a shot to get a shot. People who may not have had a voice because they weren't in the meeting or were sitting on the peripheral of the meeting now has a voice. And so it's really starting to open up a ton of opportunities. It just, you know, and that's a, that's a big key takeaway in and itself for leadership is allowing everyone to have that voice because you know, there's going to be people who have better ideas than you do. And so it's, you know, it's, it's almost like the time to shut up and listen in a way, instead of trying to tell everybody what, what they need to to go do, which has been something that we've had in the past. Yeah. I think it's going to be an advantage for people to, um, that are more creative than maybe the person that is already in the room because their work might be better. They're just not there. Right. And, and it's allowing people that creative outlet you know, people are starting companies all over the place of they really love to design and they can design at home, right? And they can yeah. use social media. They can start to be, to build a brand around their passion. And, you know, you're seeing people out there just killing it, doing what they love to do. And they may never have really gotten that choice in the old type world where it was brick and mortar. Everyone had to be in the office doing their own thing blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Now you, you created a podcast recently called, and maybe not recently, but average to savage. Where was, where was your motivation in creating that? tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I created that in 2018. Um, I, I think I just, I always liked watching interviews and, uh, like that's what I did. And then obviously, you know, podcast blew up because I used to just watch some on like YouTube, but now you know, I listen to them on, you know, Apple podcasts. Um, so yeah, I, 
there's all the connections I built over nine years. I, I didn't want to call it the PG sports podcast because I didn't want to interview just athletes, even though that's been the majority. Um, but I also interviewed, you know, entrepreneurs and actors and actresses and musicians. So uh, I just, I just like, I already liked, uh, like I said, watching interviews. So I wanted to do it myself and I had a good connection of people. So I said, why not? Nice. What, what has been some of the interviews that you've enjoyed the, the most in that? Yeah. So the one that sticks out the most, um, I interviewed the founder of starter brand. It was like the nineties brand. It was like at one mm-hmm. point, like higher than, you know, Nike Adidas. Uh, Everyone had to have those starter jackets. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they had, they had, I think at one point, like Nike has, I think uh, MLB, NBA and, uh, um, NFL right now. And I think I'm pretty sure starter at one point had those three. So that that's how big they were. Um, so yeah, that was, that was cool. And, it, and it's super exclusive too, because I don't think he has any other interviews on the internet. Nice. What were some of the things that, that you really sort of pulled away, right? Those golden nuggets that, that you were able to, to pull from that interview with them. Um, probably just, just the way he got things out. And I mean, this is like, again, like this was like before internet. So it, it was more of getting out to like, you know, the basketball camps, giving out the clothing. And um, he said, to, you know, you got to get out into the urban community and get it out there. And, uh, and actually I think he told me a story about Joe Torrey and it was just like they got the, the truck driver that was like delivering starter jackets, just like through Joe Torrey, the jacket. And he like liked it. And that's how like, I think that's how the MLB like partnership like happens sort of, or like, I think cause I think he was like one of the first uh, guys to get sponsored by them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, it's, I mean, that's crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy when you hear those stories, but the more you hear those stories, the more you start seeing it in real life. And you're like, this is actually how shit happens. Like this is the real world. This is how things happen. All of a sudden out of the fluke random thing, right now, all of a sudden, you're signing big deals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's good. I mean, it's nuts. Have you, have you experienced that in what you've been doing with, with working with clients or even having your own clothing brand? Yeah. So I'll tell you like a story when I, when I met Brandon Phillips from the Cincinnati Reds at the time, he, that after that day I met him, I couldn't, like I told myself I couldn't be starstruck no more. Cause I had to be like professional. I can't be like a fan no more. Cause I'm like trying mm-hmm. to work with these people. And, um, and the same thing goes for that, like that lucky stuff and all that. Like, n- like, I don't think, I don't, I think I put in all the work to get to where I'm at. And like, I can't, like, I do think things are crazy, but I, I, I taught myself not to think things are crazy no more, basically. Cause, uh, like, I think it's like stuff is supposed to happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, that's a good way of, of looking at it. How, um, and I, and I like what you said, right. You need to get over being starstruck if, if you want to work with these guys on every basis and, you know, who is it that you need to become in order to do the things that you want to go do? Right. You couldn't be, you can't be a fanboy, and then, you know, walk up to Brandon Phillips and, and expect him to take you seriously. And so, you know, showing up that, that I'm sure that was a, a pinnacle point for you where all of a sudden now you're like, all right, I got to show up. Like I'm one of them, right. I got to show up. Like I'm taking them as seriously as they're going to take me. And a big piece that not many people really put together. 
Yeah, like when I go meet up with like an athlete that I work with or something, they're like, you know, taking pictures and autographs. And then like I'm with like one of my friends that I go, yo, why don't you just go up to them? I'm like, no, nah, they're like, they see me. I'm waiting for them to do their thing. And then they, then they come over and just talk it up. So that's, that's an interesting point too. Have you found sort of, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to find the right word, but almost like an etiquette, right. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. of dealing with, with these guys where it's just like how you said there, you kind of wait, you don't, you don't try to rush up to them. You just kind of let them do their thing. What are some of the other etiquette things that, that you found that's really been an enabler in working with these guys? I mean, I, I mean, I pride myself on just being like a real person and genuine and honest. So, I mean, I think that is, is like one of the things, but yeah, just like also just like when I say like meeting up with them and just like uh, people see me in a wheelchair and they think like I'm a little kid or a, a little fan or something. They are, they're like, Oh, why don't you like go up there? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, like I, I work with them. Like they know me already. Like I'm going to talk yeah. to them. Yeah, no, I, and that's, and that's an important piece for, for people who are looking to maybe do something similar, mm-hmm. right? Running up, running up and, and getting a signature from them as a fan is a very different experience than working with them. There's just, you know, there's almost like a transition of power there a little bit, right? Where if you walk up and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, you're the best thing ever, you know, sign, sign this. You can't immediately ask them and say, hey, let me do business with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to think about it too. Like everybody asks for the autograph. You see people talk, to, just talk to them. No one's really talking to them. They're just yelling like, let me get your autograph. Let me talk to you. Like, they're not, or let me get a picture. They're not saying like, yeah, I just want, I want to ask you a question. Like no one's saying right. that. Right. And it's, and it's crazy because, you know, we hear that and, and people still haven't really, really changed. But I think there's, I mean, that's, that's true. Whether you're, you're talking to um, top CEOs, top leaders in industry, massive leaders, presidents, right. It, it, it doesn't matter. People who have large influence, the same goes treating them like a, a a real person and really having a real conversation as opposed to looking at them as, as somebody more glorified, right? They, they have the influence, but they also, like you said, you ask them real questions and and have real dialogues and, and they have the same needs as everybody else, right? They need clothes. So how do I sell them clothes? Um, They need a marketer, right? They need a manager. How do I sell them on being a man, you being a manager? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think to just, um, just being yourself too, is just like key. And just like you said, like, like athletes and celebrities, are, they're normal people too. Like that, that's going back to the Brandon Phillips. Like that's when I realized like the aha moment where I knew like, you know, they're regular people too. And that you, you could just talk to them. If you talk to them, like you talk to your people or your friends or family, like they're going to, they're going to respect that. Yeah. It's interesting. There was, um, a few years ago, I was I had some connections in with the the film industry and going to different sets, and it's so funny because even people working in the industry were were starstruck. Like even some of the assistants, it was it was funny because the one thing that I a couple of the actors had turned to me and they're like, "You're like we almost look at you like it's 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 crazy to think that we can just have a normal conversation. Like you're not ood and odd. You haven't asked me for an autograph. You haven't, and it's almost like refreshing to them." Yeah. Because, you know, it can be overwhelming, right? Put, put yourself in their shoes. If everywhere you go, people are begging you for autographs or pictures or this or that. And once they get their picture, they're gone. You know, it's, it's just exhausting. It's, it, it is, it, it truly, truly is where 
having that dialogue and just like talk to them, right? <laughs> What's your favorite coffee? What, you know, where do you, where do you see the industry going? You know, who do you think is going to win this year in the, in the playoffs, right? You know, just have those, those real world dialogue conversations with them and they'll, they'll be more refreshed and treat you better than they would if you were just to, to try to run up, grab a pick and then run away. Yeah. Like I'll give you another uh, cool story. I, I was a volunteer for uh, Walter Camp Foundation. It's like a, it's a football foundation and uh, every mm-hmm. year in New, in New Haven, Connecticut, and they give out all the awards to the college uh, football players. And then they all come here and then like alums come here that won awards previously. So I was at the, one of the pre-dinners and like at my ta- at each table, there's like a, a legend or the, one of the recipients that year, I forgot the guy's name that was at my table, but like at, like I was sitting still right next to Calvin Johnson, the Lions uh, wide receiver or former wide receiver. So like, I was still like, I could still talk to him because like if I turned, like I could talk. So I, I and everyone's running up to get his autograph. And then uh, eventually, like, I think I, I gave him a head nod or something and I talked to him and I was just like, I told him like one of my friends was on the lines and he knew him. So he was like, oh yeah, tell him I said, what's up? And then like the next day it was like a, a kid's camp thing. And, um, and this was when Baker Mayfield won the, yeah, he won the top award that year. And Baker Mayfield, like after the whole thing was over, Baker Mayfield like uh, comes out with like, <laughs> like they had security for him and the, like the president of the foundation and stuff were like walking with him. And then, uh, I'm I'm just chilling there. And then uh, Calvin Johnson's just like walking by himself and he's like, yo, what's up, Paul? And then that, and I was like, and I, I said, what's up, obviously. And then that was it. And I was just like, see, that was just because like everyone was running up to him, get autographs and pictures. And I just talked to him. Mm-hmm. And, that, yeah. and that's, that's going back to the whole point of this whole <laughs> little segment of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, uh, there's a, there's a point even within just the authenticity, right? There's a lot of that going yeah, even, on even just like remembering my name like that was awesome yeah right because he he looked at you as like a uh i don't want to say a, a real person but like he yeah. looked at you like you know not that everybody else wasn't a real person but you know he looked at you as like a, a legit person that you were just walking down the street and you yeah. just had those conversations right somebody yeah, yeah. that that you had a conversation in the coffee shop and you remember them because it was different <laughs> It wasn't the same, it wasn't the same old stuff that, that you're used to day in and day out. Yeah, exactly. So where, where do you see yourself? Where, what's your, you know, where is it that you really want to take PG sports and, and really your managing career? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to keep on continuing to grow and adapting and evolving. The goal is always to get, you know, more clients and more deals done. One of my goals at the beginning of the year was to, I want to work with an NBA player. So mm-hmm. I'm still working on that and yeah, just building up relationships, building up brand relationships, just connecting with more people, getting a podcast like this, spreading the word. And yeah, those are, those are the goals. What, uh, when, when you think of, of making different connections, cause this will be, this is important for everybody, especially in a time with, with COVID where maybe people are, are staying at home more or maybe not going out and socializing as much as what they, what they had done. What are some of the things that you found that has helped you the best in, still networking, even though things may be a little bit tighter. So yeah, what, what I always do, like after meeting a person, I usually, you know, follow them on some, some social media platform or at, like ma- mainly probably when it's like a business person, then uh, LinkedIn, um, just mm-hmm. staying connected with them. I think me, I think that resonates with them, like maybe not literally right after, but like the day after a couple of days later, and then they're, then they remember the name or the face. And then the, the, I think they uh, respect that. Uh, and I think I remember going on an interview and they liked that. I looked at their LinkedIn. So yeah, it's things like that. And just like staying in touch, like just saying what's up or like, how are you doing? Just checking in on people. 
Um, even yeah, like I think it's kind of crazy too. Just like all the connections I had, like one of my boys is build, building the house right now, and he was just like, he's like, yo, you know a guy for siding? And I was like, yeah, probably actually. He's like, and he he thought I was like kidding, and I was like, no, nah, like I could really hit somebody up if you want, and so mm-hmm. I did, and then like. Yeah, like I like I think I I think I could I think I got a guy for anything. Yeah, and and, and that's an important skill set to to have, even regardless of the timing. But especially whether you're trying to grow something or whether you're looking to change careers or anything in leadership, right? Because a team, right? Just like you can't grow by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You can go so far by yourself. I, I can't remember the the exact term, but it's like, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, you need a team. As important as it is for you to have sort of all those people, those connections where you can just say, Hey, you know, I need a siding guy or, Hey, I need uh, this guy or, you know, this, you know, this girl, this, whatever that you may need is very important because regardless of whatever you need. So when you start thinking about uh, trying to sell more apparel on PG Spores or, or getting more clients, you got more people helping you than just by yourself trying to go out and knock door to door. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think to building that, that network is important for like any, like anything like that's why, that's why it's like funny. Like obviously I work in the sports industry, but I know a guy that can do signing. Like that doesn't even like sound, that doesn't even sound right, but it's just like, it's just, it's just all the connected. And it was the same thing. It was like from a podcast that I was on and that's how I know it was like a local podcast. So, um, yeah, so it's great. I mean, that's why it's just, it's a small world too. And, uh, you never know what, you know, you never know what, who is connected to who. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in that because some people try to, well, I need to only, you know, go after these type of people and then everyone else I'm going to treat like crap or something, but yeah. you never know who knows who. And so, you know, you should never really treat anybody like crap. You should always be helpful and supportive, but it's funny, just like what we talked about before, whether, whether it's luck or whether it's just, you know, things are meant to happen. The weirdest of relationships where you can all of a sudden now have connections to somebody that you never would, you would have thought it would taken you 10 years, right. To get a connection to immediately. You could, you could make a friend tomorrow that could connect you to and boom, you're, you're off, right. You're off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes I don't even realize that I'm making connections, which could probably be good or bad. But I think sometimes, like, even just throughout my whole journey of stuff, like, I don't, I didn't even realize, like, I was just like doing stuff, but I didn't realize exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. What, um, what else do you want to share with everybody? Some advice if you're ever starting something, I just, I just say always like consistency is key and just, like don't quit or even like everyone has ups and downs. So it's like different clothing brands or people or people that I know businesses that like stopped after a month or two months or a year. And then people ask me like, yo, how do you, how do you still do it or whatever? And I'm just like, so I want to do it. I just want to make this into a full-time thing and, and support myself. Yeah. What is, what has been something that's kept you going? You know, you talked about times where, you know, times get tough and makes people kind of want to fold in the towel, you know, throw in the towel and call it quits what's, what's kind of kept you going in those times? Uh, I would just, I would just say probably just like all the past experiences I had with jobs and, and such like that. I mean, I've gotten freelance jobs off now, like, you know, network networking, like I was doing some yes network work, which is the Yankee, New York Yankees TV station. Mm-hmm. And that was just through literally Instagram and knowing one of the on-air people. And I met up with him one day and he told me like, he was like, oh yeah, you do social media, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, they might need people for like some games or whatever. And I'm like, all right. And then like 
I, I didn't hear from him. And then like eight, eight months later, like I get an email from like the guy's boss and he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, I heard you're good at social media. Like you're trying to do some Yankee games. And I was just like, yeah. And then that was it, like tired. And I was just like, wow, like that, that's crazy. Cause I didn't even have to, I didn't even pitch them to myself at all. And then the mm-hmm. kid called me and it was funny too. Cause the kid called me while I was going on another interview to Yale <laughs> university. And I was just like, he's like, yo, my, my boss is going to contact you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, he already contacted me. I, I'm already, I'm starting on Monday. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and right again, that just kind of goes to show you that things can happen in, in an instant. So when you're starting something and you know, people are like, Oh, you know, it's, it's getting hard. You could be one day away. You could be 20, you could be literally 24 hours away from getting that revenue or getting that first sale or getting uh, a, a phone call to, to get hired to go do something like it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be so long away, but yeah. if you're all, if you're just sitting in the mud, right. And saying this isn't going to go anywhere, then yeah, that's definitely not the right mindset, but your luck can change so quickly. Yeah. And somebody the other day asked me working with like uh more high profile athletes. And I said, yeah, like, of course I want to work with them, but the ones that I work with now or started working with a while ago uh, and they're on the rise and I know they're on the rise. And then it's like, it's more rewarding when they reach the top. Cause I just had a boxer in the world championship fight. I've been working with them for like three years now. And, and I work with uh a WNBA player and she sat out this season. I've been working with her for like seven years now. And, and now she's blown up because of non-basketball stuff. So it's like amazing to see the stuff that happens. And even, even like you just said, you get a call any day, like one of my, my, my two friends are working. This is like right after college, like 2014. And they were working, putting up tents and uh, they were working with this other kid and his name, Jerome Cuttingham. And he gets a call like on the job, and uh, it's a call from the Giants. And he next day, one day he's making $10 an hour. Next day he's on the NFL roster. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. And and you just brought up a good point. I remember we had talked about this before where so many times people try to go after, you know, people who are already in the high profile positions. You know, like when people think of like, just the top, you know, the top dogs and they're like, Oh, like I want to get, you know, be friends with them or get, or get connected or try to work with them. But it's almost like you had said, there's more rewarding and the connection will be deeper because everybody remembers it. it it's always hard yeah, that rise. Right. And so if you're friends or you, you help somebody when they're, when they, before they've blown up, it will pay you dividends just like an investment. Right. It's like, I think we use this analogy. Everybody wants to buy Tesla now at like $2,000 a share, but everybody was shitting on, on Elon with Tesla when it was like $500 a share (laughs) or a hundred dollars a share, but, but getting in with people and helping them out and helping them on their journey is so much more powerful. So much more, they'll think of you because you were, you believed in them when nobody else did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And another example of that is, uh, Didi Gregorius, he was actually another, he was on the Cincinnati Reds when he was a true rookie. And uh, I, I believe I sent him his second year in the, technically it was still his rookie year because he didn't have enough games played. But I sent him stuff while he was in the minor leagues. And he, he'd been wearing my gear every year consistently since 2013. Every year I find a picture of him wearing it. He wore it on the, he wore the chip on my shoulder. This year he's on the Phillies now. He was on the Yankees the past couple of years. And uh, he was wearing it again. And 
And uh, I haven't got a chance to meet him yet, but I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why he just continues to wear. I mean, I think he likes the shirts and stuff too, but I think that's why he wore wears it too because I, I got him when he was literally a nobody in the minor league. Yeah, so that you know, that's a bit of advice just for everybody to take, which is, you know, don't don't minimize or don't downplay people who are on the rise because helping them and believing in them when when nobody else did it is a hell of an opportunity to really become somebody, right? the the tide rises, raises all the boats. And so getting that crew or getting that support system or, or finding and believing in those people that are really going after stuff uh, early on can really pay dividends as they, as they blow up and become the next generation of, of A-listers or um, Titans of the industry or whatever that it is. Yeah, definitely. You got to play, you got to play the long-term game. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I think, right. It goes, it kind of goes back to investing. Everyone's trying to play the short term, right? Day trading and yeah. you, there's money to be had in day trading, not knocking it, but there's a, there's also something to be said of that long-term game of, of really investing and in, in really developing those relationships long-term because those are going to be what's going to help get you to your goals and dreams and, and everywhere that you want to go in life. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, you could kind of say like every, everything is, is a stock. Yeah. Time, you know, everything that you invest, whether it's time or money is, is either helping you grow or it's tanking or it's just hanging out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really doing anything, but there are definitely relationships that have helped people grow. There's definitely relationships that have ruined people. And so, yeah, that's, that's a hundred percent true. I like that. So as we, as we kind of wrap up, what's, how can we help you? What's, what's the best way for, for us to help you to grow in your journey? Yeah. I mean, you know, besides following me on social media or checking out my website, um, my social media is PG sport at PG sports. Uh, my website's PG sports.com. Yeah. I think uh, talking about networking, is just anyone that wants to connect or they could reach out to me. Uh, even like I had a former intern the other day, I, I just talked to him because he wanted to talk to me about entrepreneurship. So that was cool. Uh, cause I haven't talked to him in a few years and, um, yeah, it's all about, it's all about networking and just knowing more and more people. So if anyone wants to connect, uh, you know, you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll answer you. Sweet. And, and you're probably most active on Twitter, right? Twitter's probably the best way to, to get a hold of you. Yeah, I mean Twitter or, or Instagram. Uh, I mean personally, I like Twitter better. So, yeah, I got you. Okay, awesome. Make sure make sure you know guys that are listening. Make sure you go over and follow him and uh, check out his website pg-sports.com. He's got he's got different collections up there, and those are the same shirts that are being worn by you know some of these top athletes. So you know this guy is for real, and he's he's really going out there and making something. So. I applaud you for that. I applaud you for your adaptability and your tenacity, man. It's really inspiring. Yeah, I appreciate all that. I appreciate you having me and uh, looking forward to connecting with you after. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks everybody for listening in. And until next time, have a great rest of your day. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. Which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be. 
so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself, but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets. And you can start living that life right now.